This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the publisher of Mac's List. It's an online community that connects talented professionals with meaningful work. I believe everyone can find a job they love. But to do this, you need to learn the skills to build a successful career. From professional networking to personal branding, you've got to get good at job hunting. This show helps you do this. Every week on Find Your Dream Job, I interview a different career expert. We discuss the tools and tactics you need to find the work you want. This week, I'm talking to Vicki Lynn about how to make good references great. Vicki Lynn helps her clients through every step of a job search. And she says the references you choose make a big difference in your success. According to Vicki, the best reference is someone who supervised you and is a fan of your work. Once you pick your references, you need to coach them too. Don't take them for granted. Vicki also adds that you need a strategy for dealing with bad references. In our conversation today, she has suggestions for what you can do about this. Many employers may have a policy of not giving references no matter how good a job you did. Vicki shares her ideas today for what you can do when this happens. Want to learn more? Listen in now at the Maxless Studio as I interview Vicki Lynn about how to make good references great. Vicki Lynn is a career counselor and job search coach. She's also the founder and owner of Vicki Lynn & Associates. Vicki and her team help clients find the sweet spot where meaning meets money. And she's the co-author of a new book, Landing a Job Worth Having. It's full of tips on how to use job boards, tailor your resume, and interview for your next job. She joins us today in person here in the MaxList studio in Portland, Oregon. Vicki, thanks for making the trip downtown. My pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, our topic, as you know, is how to make good references great. And Vicki, let's start with the basics. How should someone choose a reference? Okay. Well, the absolute best is somebody who has supervised you and supervised you recently. And so if that has been a positive relationship and you've made a positive contribution, that's your first choice. If that is damaged or you're fearful that it's damaged, I'll give us some tips later about that. But the backup would be somebody high-level in the uh, organization, maybe your boss's boss or somebody else who was a peer. Okay, those are the people you should ask. Uh, how about protocol here, Vicki? Should you assume that you're going to get a good reference and just give the name without asking, or should you ask for permission first? What What is the common courtesy here? <laughs> it's more than a courtesy. It's taking care of yourself and not guessing. Uh, I have a funny little story about when I interviewed somebody when I was at Linfield College, and I liked him, and I called his reference, and the reference said, he is such a great guy. Somebody calls me all the time for references, and I tell him he's so great, except for when he loses his temper, and it takes years to do the cleanup after that. So this poor guy had been using this reference who damaged damaged you know, made it so he couldn't really get a job, and he didn't know. And so if you're not sure 
um, talking to your reference, talking to them about why you're excited about the job, seeing if they can give you some hints in terms of if they think you'd be a good fit and some of your accomplishments at that job would be a fit. So that's the starting place. Okay. okay. So don't take your references for granted. Right. Check, reach out to them and, and uh, both ask for permission and then draw them out about what they might say. One other question about people you might choose for references. What about family and friends or, or coworkers, Vicki? Uh, should you use them as references? It's a big problem if you're in a family-owned business and everybody is a family member. Then you've got an ethical question if um, you know that you have to answer yourself if they have a different last name. But people don't trust uh, family members in the same way they do a professional relationship. Okay. So look for that supervisor who is a big fan. Uh, that's going to be the, mm-hmm. the gold standard. What about people who are applying for multiple jobs, uh, even if it's only a small number, three or five different positions during a search? Should they use the same references for every application? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, no, everything about job search today is thinking about your audience from the resume to the cover letter and what is important to them. So on one hand, you may be looking more at a facilities management, another place more of a an art studio coordination, and an art department head would be valid in one case, and somebody who might be the head of uh, you know facilities in a more traditional place for another. How do you make that choice about who might be most valuable? Does it come back to the requirements of the job or connections? What what kind of factors should listeners take into consideration in making those strategic choices? I would say you're looking for three and three people who are in town. You're sure of their contact information. And you can look at them as a set. They want to both reinforce your competitive strengths that you're saying in your interview. And they might want to have certain aspects of what... Um, their perspective of you. And so I'd look at three. It's a red flag if one of them is not a supervisor and a supervisor from fairly recently. So that's one of the set. Okay, and then uh, just one more tactical question here. Should you always have, uh, should your three references be your last three supervisors? Or again, is this a a strategic choice where you want to mix it up? As long as there's one out of the three and there's not something. I mean, if you're applying for an Agile software position and two of your references aren't from an Agile environment, then you want the supervisor from the Agile to be in that set. So you can't, it'd be a red flag if you skipped one that's most pertinent to the industry or position. Okay, so we've talked about the who you mm-hmm. should reach out to and how you might approach them and, and why that's important and some of the strategic factors to consider. Let's talk about the reference itself, Vicki. Mm-hmm. How can we take a, uh, a good reference and make it a great one and get somebody to say more, really dig in and, and become super fans on our behalf? Okay. Well, it starts quite a bit early in, earlier in terms of relationship building post-employment. It's not very good if you disappear from somebody and they haven't heard from you, and then you're making an ask. One of the reasons I'm a huge LinkedIn fan, and I know you've had uh, speakers about that, if somebody's on LinkedIn and they're posting professional updates or articles or social media, you have so many ways to show them that you appreciate their ideas or their thoughts or your fan or you just posted a happy birthday, and so you may have noticed those 92 people who 
who said happy birthday. So you don't want to ignore that kind of social capital and then be asking for a big a big ask. And so that's where the whole process begins. So pay attention to relationships. Don't don't become invisible after you perhaps leave a company. Find ways to stay in touch with former supervisors. So that's step one. What are some other steps, Vicki, that listeners should keep in mind? Because, again, they, they want to take uh, somebody who's probably enthusiastic, but they really want them to, to be a, a champion. Right, right. Uh, excellent. So everything about your job search is a campaign, like a political campaign or a brand that's rolling out. You want it to be on topic and on brand, and it's your job to say you're the candidate who gets things done on time, on budget, on schedule. You're the candidate who's a great team member. So those go from the cover letter, from the resume to the interview, and you want your um, your fan, your your reference to be on topic. So the best way to do that is when you're contacting them uh, for that, tell them why you think you're a great fit for the position and um, tell them about some, remind them of some things that you did on the prior, in the position with them that are a good match and make you optimistic that this is going to be an excellent opportunity for you. So it's not simply a question of sending a, an email to somebody and saying, hey, I applied for a job at the Acme Corporation. I gave your name as a reference. You actually want to have a conversation, it sounds like, with the reference and tell them about the position, why you're excited, and what you have to offer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Number one mistake. Okay. It's a little embarrassing when somebody's applied again and again and the reference you're contacting again and again. Um, but you do need to do that as long as that person's open to having that talk with you. And how much coaching should you do with uh, your references uh, in addition to a conversation? Vicki, should you consider sending over some talking points or some notes about the position and, and the needs of the employer? Uh, you need to get permission f- at first. Do they want to just um, go by the seat of their pants and they start to tell you things that they remember is on topic? Uh, but you certainly could say, is there any way I can help you prepare for this? Um, you certainly would have sent your resume and being asked them to look at that and the position announcement. And so if you can get permission, it depends how comfortable the relationship is, to tell them about some of your talking points, that would be great. And how often do you recommend people be in touch with references during a search? Because it sounds like there's an, an initial contact you know, where you ask for that permission. Then you're looping back again uh, to let someone know that you've given their name for a specific position and and arranging perhaps for a brief conversation to talk about the job and and uh, the needs of the employer. Do you if you would how do you continue that relationship? Do you let people know if you didn't get opportunities or what do you recommend? From the beginning, you read the tone of voice, the level of enthusiasm, how often they say they're too busy, how quickly they get back to you. Um, And so you're continuing to notice if you might be bugging them. I think we can wait when we talk about kind of problematic situations, like if they're not taking your calls and you're worried about what that means. We can talk about that um, later. Good. All right. Well, uh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And particularly, uh, you know, we've talked about good references here. Let's let's finish, Vicky, by just talking about the why. How does this kind of attention to the relationship and 
these uh, conversations and, and this kind of coaching, how does that turn that good reference into a great reference? How does it make a difference in your experience? I think you already led me right down the path to the most important thing. They're topping, talking on topics consistently with what you said. So there's not another story uh, that goes for the strengths and the weaknesses. Everything about a job search is about what you've done in the past and what you will do for the employer. So in the interview, it's not about what you've done. It's about so what for the employer and for that company. So the great reference is one where you can talk about and elicit from them what was the impact. We help double the, you help double the social media. Our team uh, brought on a new major client. And so... One of the ways to remind that reference is saying, you know, one of the reasons I'm so happy your reference is on my performance review, you really noted what a great team member we were, how great we were together in bringing on that new major client. So you're tickling the memory of what the contributions were. Okay. So they're not only recalling um, pleasant associations about working with you, they remember your accomplishments and what you got done for the company and the organization and and often uh, with relationships that go back some years, again, here's where the coaching can help. You're just reminding them of what you you did for them. That's right. Good. Good. Well, I, we're going to come take a break, Vicki, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the other side of the coin, which are the bad or the iffy references and what people can do about them. So, okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Matt. Okay. As we're learning today, you can't take your references for granted. The same rule applies to salary negotiation. Discussing money makes many of us uncomfortable. In fact, some people, including me early in my career, accept an employer's first offer. But if you want to get the salary you deserve, you need to talk about money. Think about this for a moment. Your manager will base your first and your next raise on your starting salary. If you make this amount as big as possible, you'll earn thousands of dollars more as you get future annual increases. I've created a new guide that can help. It's called How to Talk About Money in an Interview. In this free publication, I show you how to research what a job pays before you meet a hiring manager. And I give you practical tips for how to talk with an employer about money, benefits, and office culture. Get your copy today of How to Talk About Money in an Interview. Go to maxlist.org slash talk. What will you say when a hiring manager asks, what are your salary expectations? I've got an answer for you. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Get the pay you want and deserve. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Now, let's get back to the show. We're back in the MaxList studio, and I'm talking with Vicki Lynn. She's a career counselor and job search coach. Vicki is also the co-author of a new book, Landing a Job Worth Having, and she joins us today in person in the MaxList studio in Portland. So, Vicki, before the break, we were talking about good references and how to make them great, and we also I dug into who you should ask uh, for, for a reference, and uh, and we started with people who know you well and, and are big fans of yours. But sometimes, Vicki, uh, we may not get the best references, uh, particularly if people go back to former supervisors 
and there may be a story there. What? Let's talk about that. How can people deal with bad or iffy references, particularly if they've been fired or laid off? Okay. So laid off is different than fired. Fired, you know there was a weakness. And if you have hindsight, as part of that separation, you negotiated that. What will be said about me? How will this be explained? So that may be a little late for somebody, but that was the best thing. Otherwise, people just really lose sleep. They think of the worst thing the boss ever said to them, and they feel so vulnerable. Now, here's a piece of good news. The biggest trend that's different in references is that most companies, particularly large companies, are not allowed to give content references. So the first thing you do if you're feeling vulnerable on what will be said, found out, find out if your boss, let's say, can say something. So you call human resources and say, I'd like to know the policy of this company on references. If it's large, the largest percentage of the time, they're going to say, we can validate dates of employment. And then you ask a follow-up question. What if they ask if you left in good terms? So you want to know the answers to both of those questions. And if your boss can't give a ref- content reference, what you're, you're fearful of won't happen. Okay, so let's break that down. Um, let's go with the example of the large employer, and they have a policy of not giving references, no matter how uh, wonderful your performance. And someone makes that call to HR, and that and they say we can't make reference, uh-huh. uh, our policy is not to give references, rather. So let's break that down. Uh, I, I, I'm intrigued by your point about making an agreement before you leave if you're, you've been fired or you've been laid off and getting clear about that agreement, uh, about the story that is going to be told. And we're assuming, again, that an employer in this instance uh, might will give a reference, but the policy doesn't prevent that from happening. How do you recommend people have that conversation? They've just been told, let's say, that they've been fired. Um, They're going to be leaving the building in an hour. How do they negotiate that story? Okay. That's a pretty traumatic uh, moment if it's a surprise to the person. So I think the most you can do at that period is your your last conversation with the boss, if it's not just HR, to say, can we be in conversation later about how references will be handled? Because if your adrenaline is all pumping like crazy, that might might be the best period. I think the commonality of um, what you agree worked well and what didn't work well, and you want to move towards if Derek find it acceptable that they were moving in a different direction and that there was no longer the fit that there was, and if it was no longer a fit in an area that you're really bad at, like I'm a real bad proofreader and I'm a good draft person. So if I had a job where I was supposed to do both and it didn't work out, I wouldn't apply for a new job that spoke to my weakness. So I'd only apply to a new job and I'd tell them the other job was not a fit because unlike you, it asked for proofreading, which is not my strong suit. So then they're not going to be blindsided by hearing that. Okay. And as you talk, it occurs to me, you there's also an opportunity here to if there's a change in or, in a direction of an organization to get a manager to talk about the your contributions when before the change and then you have an opportunity to say well they moved in a different they needed a different set of skills and I didn't have those right, right. with that and then you can say would that be acceptable if I present that in the future okay so that uh, I love the advice about 
not trying to have that conversation in the moment when perhaps you're leaving the about mm-hmm. to leave the building and and scheduling it later until you can be thoughtful and all the parties have a chance to uh, to reflect. We, that's firing. Let's talk about layoff. What? Uh, how do you recommend people uh, talk about a layoff and use references in that instance? Oh, that's not a problem at all. We're in an area where everybody's merged and changes direction and markets go up and down and workforces are collapsible. And so the more you normalize it to say that, you know, the workforce needs were different and then that's not not any problem. It's a problem if your resume has a bunch of short ones and you're the ones that chose it's chosen to go. But um, normally, that's not a problem at all. Okay, so listeners should be aware that there just isn't the stigma that there might have been a generation or two ago with being uh, involved in a layoff. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about that scenario where you have been fired um, and it's you are. It's not going to be a good reference. Vicki, uh, how how do you recommend people approach that? So I've worked with clients on three different strategies. One, it was absolutely clear, and they needed to get another job, likely a contract job, so that there's a more recent reference at the top of their resume. So if you can do a project where you have a recent reference, the further it is in your history, um, but if it's the top of the resume and Nobody high up will give you a good reference. You may have to do that. There's something I didn't talk about that's a great way to test the waters because my clients aren't very accurate about what's going to happen if the reference is somebody talks to the reference. So because so many companies don't give references, that has elevated the importance of recommendations on LinkedIn. I had a client who did not want people to talk to his most recent um, supervisor, and he had 20 references from vendors and colleagues and somebody higher up and another department head. And from the cover letter on, he said, you will be amazed how many people comment on what, what a cooperative person I am to have on your team. So he drove them to those recommendations. It was very late in the process that they actually got to the boss, and they were already convinced that he was a great guy and the boss was kind of off tune. Okay, so these are the recommendations of those short statements on LinkedIn that you can ask uh, for from fellow LinkedIn members who mm-hmm. you are you've connected with, right. and and hiring managers pay attention to those; they matter. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, good. Uh, and you know, any other advice about how to deal with bad references? Let's see. Well, we talked about just another job. Oh, well, I want to talk about the conversation. So I had two clients who thought they were going to be bad references. They left on unpleasant terms. They lost more sleep than their boss did over it. When things had cooled down, they did one of two things. They asked a friend to do a phony reference. And you know what I found out today? I didn't even know this. I was reading about this online in case I was missing something. There are companies that do reference checks. And so you could hire a company to do a reference check and find out if your worst fears are true. So you could have a friend do it or a company do it, or you could do it yourself in a straightforward conversation. Time has gone by. I own that I wasn't always on time and that I let some family problems interfere with my performance. I want to let you know that I have taken care of that, and I'm thinking fondly about what we did accomplish together. 
I would appreciate it if you could let me know if you think you would be a reference that I should be giving. So that's the straight way. Okay. So do the research. You could you could hire a company to find mm-hmm. out what a, a boss might say. You could ask a friend to um, pretend to be a hiring manager. Yeah. Or you could have this, what is probably a very difficult conversation uh, with the hiring manager yourself. Yes. And, and acknowledge that uh, you made some errors. And, and just have a direct conversation about what this person might say. Right. And then you can lead that also. You can say, I th- your feedback all along was it was my attention to details rather than how I got along collaboratively. Since this job draws on that, I'm wondering if you'd be able to speak to that positively. Okay. And Vicki, what's your advice about people after they have that conversation, they they know it, it's still going to be kind of a mixed reference. How should they handle that in their conversations with the hiring manager that they're in, in touch with? Should they say, if you contact Mary Smith at the Acme Corporation, uh, she's going to talk about this, and I just want you to know about it? What's your what do you what do you recommend? Many downsides have an upside in context. I had a client who was very slow at proofreading, and she was let go of one. Then she got hired for a very up, or was interviewing for a very upscale PR firm who was representing um, National Geographic and things with huge distributions. And she had said in the interview, my references say I'm not very fast, and that wasn't a fit at GM company or whatever it was. But here, I know you'll never have to recall something because you're embarrassed because I get it right. So she was able to contextualize the weakness so it was a fit in the new environment. Okay. So she got out ahead of it and talked about it in terms that made her a a stronger candidate and also appealed to the employer. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about... Uh, we in the beginning we, we discussed relationships with references how it's important to stay in touch with them what about after you get the job Vicki what, what do you recommend people do with their references oh I think well I want to uh, insert something in a step before this okay. I had a guy come in yesterday who had given was three finalists and hadn't landed the job and so he wanted interview practice and I said it's one of two things if you're interviewing a lot and up to a final. It's either your references or um, or your interview. And I said, do you know if they've gotten to the stage of even talking to your interviews? Because that's changed now. Now 75% of companies do, once they've chosen a candidate, they're confirming with a reference check. It used You don't put it on your resume from the beginning unless they ask for it. So he didn't even know. You know, he says, oh, my references love me. And I says, well... If you want to know what, let's say you were one of two finalists, they checked the references. You want to know what concerns they might have had. So staying in touch with your references and asking, have they heard from anybody? If they did, what were the kind of questions? And thanking them at that point. And then, of course, a big celebration and a big thank you if you land. So you can touch in. Um, during that process. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I, I think that is an important step. And one, I, as a ref- someone who serves okay. as a reference occasionally, uh, don't see a lot of candidates do, but it's it's invaluable feedback, isn't it? If yes. a reference tells you, well, the manager had this question or that concern, because it gives you the opportunity to go back, perhaps, and right. talk to the manager. Right. 
Well, Vicki, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I could keep talking for uh, 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 another hour or so, but we're going to have to bring it to a close. Tell us what's next for you. Okay, great. Um, oh, I'm very excited. We just found the last 10 little nits to pick out of the book, and it's going to the printer. So it's called Landing a Job Worth Having by myself and my colleagues, Tiffany Roberts, who's an expert resume writer, and Leslie Yeagers, who's also a job search coach. And so we'll be letting people know when that that comes out in a few weeks. It was a lot of work to research what has changed and how much has changed, even what we're saying, like about LinkedIn for references. And we're happy to work with people either virtually or here in Portland on both their job search and their career transitions and their practice interviews. I know you work with people across the country and even the globe. So, uh, and I know people can learn more about your services, Vicki, by visiting your website. It's a portlandcareer.com. We'll include a, uh, that URL in the show notes. And Vicki, thanks, thanks for being on our show today. Okay, you're welcome. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Vicki. I certainly did. I love the process that she'd laid out for how to both build relationships with references, stay in touch with them, and contact and coach and work with them all the way through uh, the job search and right until the moment you get that offer. Uh, references are, are definitely a vital part of the job search, but you know, so is talking about the salary you want because your starting salary, the, the, the number that you accept when you say yes to that offer, it sets the base for all the annual raises that follow. So you want that figure to be as high as possible. You can make that happen uh, if you get comfortable and good at talking about money and think about the negotiation process, just as you have to do with references. To help you get started, check out my free guide, How to Talk About Money. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. You'll get practical tips for how to negotiate a great salary. Go to maxlist.org slash money talk. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode of Find Your Dream Job. And please join us next Wednesday. Our special guest will be John Ribeiro. He'll explain how to show confidence in a job interview. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.